This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See jdpower.com slash awards for 2022 details. of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. I'm Nancy Allspot-Jackson. And I am Shannon Penrod and so thrilled to be here with my good friend Nancy. How are you, Nancy? I'm, I've had, I'm fighting a cold. So if it's I sound going congested. Around. Yeah. <laughs> it's going around. Uh, but thrilled that you could make it. We're still, we're still virtual, but working our way back to being in the studio for Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. But thrilled that you guys are here. I want to let you know that if you're watching us, uh, this, we pre-taped this show last night. So when you're watching it this morning, it was pre-taped, but I'm watching with you. So you can still be writing in questions and we'll make sure that if our guest isn't watching live, that they, that they get to her because she's a wonderful, wonderful guest. The chat is open now for you guys to be having conversations. Sometimes I'm actually more interactive on the taped shows because I can't, I don't know about you, Nancy, but I can't type and do anything else at the same time. I see people who are like sending texts while they're having conversations with me and I don't even notice that they're doing it because they don't have to look down. I can't do it. So I can actually type more things back to you guys when we're not live. So please feel free to be writing into the chat and having a conversation with me. And we are, the show is airing right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and about a dozen other sites that, that Traven is showing you. And of course it podcasts later on in the day and is available as a free download wherever you get your podcasts. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, and then Nancy, it's been a couple of weeks. We, we've been high and dry without our Y art. Right. I'll so, get to that. But look, I'm very excited. Look what uh, came in the mail. That's super awesome. Your Thank you. Your book came in the mail. I'm excited to dig into it. And you saw that you we we thanked you in the acknowledgments. Yes, so thank could, you. Could not not do that. Me. I feel honored. Of course. Are you kidding me? My goodness. Um, so thank you. I can't wait to hear your opinion. And you know, I'm I'm po- politely but persistently asking people after you read the book whether you like it or you don't like it. Please, if anybody has the time to leave a, a review on Amazon, apparently that is the thing that helps your book get known by other people. So okay, I will do that. 
review on Amazon is like my, my candy right now. If you do that for me, that's appreciated, appreciated, but thank you. So, but we, I was saying we haven't had Y art for a month and we've been missing it. And for tell people who don't know what Y art is and who does Y art. Y art is the name of the artwork uh, done by my son, Wyatt Jackson. And he does a lot of commission pieces and other pieces that are available for purchase. And uh, he's been painting pretty, uh, pretty routinely for um, about, I guess, about half a year now. Uh, well, he's he, always been a painter, though. He's, he's been a painter since he was a baby, literally. Yeah. You have video he's of painting. him painting when he is just itty-bitty. Yeah, when he was like a year old, he was very into painting, and it's it's been a passion for him ever since. So. Well, I always say, you're going to name a baby Wyatt Jackson. What do you expect? He's going <laughs> to be the next great American painter. Um, but now he's all graduated from high school. He's still going to school, but he's graduated from high school, and, and so he's got a little bit more time. So he has become a professional artist now, which is amazing. And wait till you guys see some of the stuff that he does. So what have we got this month, Nancy? Well, let's see. I think, oh, there is a Buddha. Oh, he painted. For, he did that for someone's birthday, our friend Heather Powers, who loves Buddhas. Oh, she must have been so happy with that. That's he was. Funny. He loved it. Oh. And man. then that he did for our friend Lisa Gutman, her two dogs, Luke and Tucker. The eyes are what normally kill me. But what's interesting is on the last one, the eyes were closed and it was still so expressive. So, but those are beautiful. And people should know that if they uh, submit a picture that he can paint a picture of your favorite uh, animal, your own. That's correct. Amazing. Do we have more? I always want more. I think that's it today. Oh, I'm heartbroken. But we can go here to Instagram and to Wyatt's Facebook to see more of the pictures that he's done. I, I understand he even does portraits of people as well now. Yes, he has done portraits. He did a portrait of my best friend that turned out phenomenally well. So Love, love, love that. So great way to get really great artwork before it's a gazillion dollars because someday why art will be a gazillion dollars <laughs> you should invest now and also i want to say nancy that he doesn't like he does these wonderful portraits and things that are fabulous but he also does color studies yeah um so people can um if you're interested in seeing some of the color studies he does because i think they're just as fascinating we got a table last week and it styrofoam so it's the wrong thing but it's got this really cool shape to it and I was like oh I kind of kind of wish it was that fiberboard thing because I would have I would have Wyatt paint that but um Wyatt was featured in the first ever stories from the spectrum and um we encourage you guys be watching stories from the spectrum in the first ever one Wait, how many how many stories from the spectrum have you done now there have been three that have aired now. We're doing once a month right now. We want to get to once a week, but they take some time. Um, but on the first ever one, um, my son actually did a piece about Wyatt and his art. And you get to see him painting a carton that's just take. I'll tell you, my favorite part of the video, Nancy, is that you see Wyatt painting and you see his focus and his care and 
how he's choosing his colors and he's looking at what he's doing and he's just in the zone. And then there is a moment, I love watching people watch it because there's a moment when he holds up what he did and it's always the exact same reaction, Nancy. People always go, oh my goodness, that's stunning. Mm -hmm. So I just love it. So, you know, check it out because, um, and oh, I have some of, I don't know if you guys can see on my wall up oh, there. Yeah, some cartons. I have some of his cartons. And a carton there. and a wine carton. Yeah. Yeah. And and those are just stunning. So um it's it's amazing to me how versatile he is. That's just yeah. super, super fun. Um, but love, love, love that young man and love that he's finally getting his is starting to get his due as an artist. So love it. Check him out on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you. So, so before we jump into our guest, you know, we always like to share some news with you. And we have sort of a very interesting mixed bag today. Where do you want to start, Nancy? Uh, do you want to start with the drumming story, which is Let's really interesting? The drumming. I thought this was fascinating. Do you want to head in or you want me to head in? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, okay. They have found out in a new study that drumming for 90 minutes per week helps adolescents with autism spectrum disorder overcome both hyperactivity and attention deficit disorders. Um, that yeah. this, that, that it, it, learning drumming pattern also tunes brain connectivity in areas associated with inhibitory control and self-regulation. So Isn't that uh, fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's out of England. And uh, it was undertaken by experts from the University of Chichester, King's College, London. And um, the Clem Burke drumming project, which Clem Burke was a drummer for the rock band Blondie. Yes. Fascinating, right? Yeah. And what I, what I thought was interesting about this, it's not just anecdotal. That you know how sometimes they do a study and the parents go, oh, my child was that much better. And I don't discount that, by the way. A lot of people go, oh, it's just anecdotal. That means nothing. I don't discount when a parent says, hey, my child is doing better as a result of whatever. I don't discount that. But this has both anecdotal and they did brain scans that they could tell with kids who actually learned the drumming things, they could see the differences in their brains, the shifts in the area of the brain that deals with self-regulation. So right. that is super interesting to me. Yes. There were some limitations with the study. I, I've learned because we used to have uh, Leah Hirschfeld on all the time and she would always, and, and um, she would always talk about, well, what were the limitations of the study? And they do say that, one of the limitations here is that um, most of the people who were in the study uh, were, and I might have this wrong. I think I'm talking about the other study. Never mind. Pause that for a minute. But I do, I'm, talking, I'm talking about the other one. I mixed my studies up. But I do think what's interesting about this is that the kids, they all took the 45-minute lessons, and they were between the ages of 16 and 20. Because a lot of you have 16 to 20 year olds who are having that impulsivity where they do things, whether it's repetitively or they'll do something that you're asking them not to do. Um, and they found this to be very, very effective. But for the kids who actually learned it, those are the ones that had the biggest effect. So it's not just enough to take the 45 minute thing. 
They have to actually be into it. So that's the big asterisk that I want to give is that not all kids are going to be wildly into drumming. I think it's worth it to try it, but, but we're going to have a story in a minute that kind of talks about other things that kids might be into. But I think when you get a kid passionate about something and they have the opportunity to be nurtured through learning more, that there's all kinds of cognitive um, things. And we see that patterns are really important. We've covered studies before here, Nancy. There was a, there was a machine that they had out for a while that they made just for a study that was a boxing machine that had lights on it. I don't know if you remember this. It was like nine years ago that we, we covered this study. And the kids had punching gloves. And when the light would light up, they would have to punch the light. But they taught them to cross themselves as boxers do instead of going straight forward. And they saw that cognitively the kids' leaps and bounds, they improved. Part of it is having a repetitive motion that crosses the body and, and involves using your brain in a different way. We know that's beneficial for our kiddos. So I do want to say that they found that drumming wildly effective, but it's possible that it's not the only thing that would have this same effect. If right. So if your kid isn't wildly into drumming, there might be something else. But do you want to just run right out and get drum lessons? Yeah, it sure. It really was encouraging on that end. And I'm sure that um, those of you that know the story of Logan Shepard, who is an incredible drummer and now is performing professionally, he started when he was first diagnosed, I believe, didn't he come start drumming at a very early age? Yes. His dad was a musician who had played in a band. So they were already musically inclined. And um, Logan was a kid who liked to hand flap. And his, his team of ABA professionals said, he has a need to do this. How can we make that need functional? And so they put a drumstick in his hand and, you know, he's out on tour now as, as a 20 year old. Um, And it's very similar to why it used to stem in water still does. Yeah. The painting, taking the paintbrush, putting it in the water, then putting it in the paint satisfied that stimming me you know what i want to do with wyatt i want to take what i want to take wyatt to see blue man group oh because in in blue man group not only do they paint and they use paint and they spit paint and they do all these things with paint but there's a part where they drum with paint and make Ah. it shoot up and do all the colors i have a feeling that Wyatt would super love that so the next time blue man group is local we have to get tickets um, cause I would love to take Wyatt to see blue man group and videotape his reaction. Cause uh-huh. I think, I think he would go, you know, and, and I'd love to see what he paints after that. Cause that would be fascinating. Um, okay. Moving on to our next story. This is one of those stories that, oh, it's a little hard for me, Nancy, because we get into talking about what our potential causes for why a child might be on the spectrum. And of course there's new news out in spectrum um, that says that there is a link to inflammatory bowel bowel disease in parents, but most specifically in the mom. In mothers that, that, um, that children's autism traits track with an elevated genetic risk for IBD in mothers. 
um, they saying that this could be um, a product of in utero exposure to maternal inflammation or impaired nutrient absorption by the mothers, which I thought yeah. was interesting. But, you know, if you read this article, and it is available in spectrumnews.org, it's from Emily Harris, you will see that there's a lot of discussion about inflammation and autoimmune dysregulation in mothers and how that might affect. And there's a lot of it that I don't claim to understand, but that they're seeing that as much as they thought, the, the, this study that they did, they thought that they were going to prove that there was a genetic connection um, but they found that that wasn't necessarily the thing that, um, and I don't, I, I don't understand how they discovered that it isn't always the case, but, um, that it's more environment. And I don't understand that. I don't think they understand that, but many people have come forward and said, well, we've been talking about the inflammation and the mother's immune response and that moms that have immune autoimmune issues are more likely to have kids on the spectrum. Right. And, and for me, Nancy, that is the perfect storm because you have so many of us that first of all, we're starting to discover that we had autoimmune issues. We had trouble getting pregnant. Then we got pregnant and it kind of, the pregnancy changes your body and so now we have these kiddos that are different, that require more from us at a time that we are more medically challenged than any other time in our lives. Right. What a hard situation that creates. So yes. I'm sending all of us hugs. I don't, I don't, I don't mean to say that it's easier when, you know, for, for parents, because everybody has something. Right. Right. Um, in, in your house, it wasn't you going through the autoimmune stuff, it, but your husband had cancer. Right. So everybody's got something. But I do think that there's a little bit of a perfect storm here that I just I'm hoping that the research is enough there now that people will start to put this together. Of course, we always quote Dr. David Berger, who is a naturopath um, and was a um he's a mad med maps doctor out of Florida that he's been doing a study about uh, women. And if, if you adjust things to help their body cope with different things, are they as likely to have children on the spectrum? And he's had wild success right, with parents who've already had one kid on the spectrum and are saying, mm -hmm. how do we minimize the chances of a second one? Wild wild success by just changing, but it's, it's not, everybody always says, what's the protocol? It's very specific. He tests your blood and then says, here's what you're low in. Here's what you have too much of. Here's how we're going to equal you out so that you don't have a, these inflammation issues while you're carrying your child, while, while your child's being born. So Dysregulation of immune system. I, I know we're going to talk about it more. Uh, okay. Moving on to our strongman story. Uh, I loved because I, I don't follow the strongman sport. Do you? Know, no, Nancy? I don't. Is, is it televised? Do you know? I think on, you know, on some channel it is, um, but I, it's not something that I typically tune into, but I will now. Because I didn't know right. that Tom Stoltman, 
who is considered the strongest man on earth and has been right. for the last two years, guess what he shares with our kids? He's on the he spectrum. He has autism. Yeah. And this is a this is a story that's being featured right now in People. And I just was really touched um, and moved by some of the things that he had to say about his early childhood, which from everything that he says, pretty rough. Um, yeah, he had a very difficult time. He said from the time to five to 12 onwards were very, very difficult for him. Um, he used to not want to go to school um, and had academic struggles and uh, really had a hard time with regular textbooks and verbal uh, instruction. And so he, he said he would cry and break down. Uh, but it was his older brother, Luke, who is also a strong man, uh, who yes. encouraged him to go to the gym. Yeah. And just like we were saying about the drumming, you know, drumming may not be your kid's thing, but if you can find the thing that is good for your kid, and we know that if there's a physical component to it, and if there's anything that involves crossing the body, like it could be table tennis and it would be great for your kids. Right. That's what they're, swimming is another thing. Yeah. Um, but if there's an element of physical to it, because we know that that helps with the sensory things. And if they love it, I think the key is finding what they love. But he said he went to the gym and he felt like he belonged. And I yeah. look, I think it's great that he's the strongest man on earth. And I think that that's absolutely wonderful. But you know what made me happier is that he's married to a woman who thinks that the sun rises and sets in him. Yes. That's the real win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For a kid who held up in his bedroom for three years, didn't right. leave, his parents had to bring food to the door, and now he is happily married. That's pretty the sweet. World, and the world's strongest man. So there you go. You can't, you can't beat that. So, uh, And she says that he's one of the toughest people mentally in addition to strength that she's ever met in her life. Um, so I think that that, that just really moved me. Uh, so congratulations to him. What a, what an amazing story. Um, and then our last story today is, is uh, a little close to home. I hope for all of us, I was told uh, about a week ago that the show on Amazon, as we see it, had not been renewed, had in fact been canceled, that there's only going to be one season. And I'm telling you, I was stunned. You could have knocked me over with a feather. I was like, what? How is that a thing? How could that even possibly be a thing? And I think I spent a week in like, what? How? It can't be true. And by the way, you guys, there's been absolutely no press on it. It hasn't been announced publicly on the internet. Like Amazon has said nothing about it. It just very quietly canceled this show. And if you and watch our show. Did they just do that this week, Shannon? I think it was a couple of weeks ago, but nobody told anybody. Right. Um, and and I, for one, I, I feel like this is a cry that the whole autism community needs to hear. And we all need to stand up for a minute and go, no, um, I don't think so. Because we've been, the whole community have been working for so long 
to get to a place where there could be a project where there's leading characters who are characters that identify as being on the spectrum that are played by actors on the spectrum and not just have them all be level ones. Right. And to show women and to show women who aren't necessarily Caucasian. And I mean, we've all been crying for this for so long, but then how about having people behind the camera and working on the crew who are on the spectrum? Like, didn't you say that some of the actors that are, um, neurologically diverse play neurotypical characters, which is really yes. groundbreaking. In fact, our guest is one of those people today. But, but you know, here we were fighting, fighting, fighting to get to this place that we all knew we needed to get to at some point. And then Jason Kadams, who we've all loved from Parenthood and Friday Night Lights, came in and said, I'm doing this show. And of course, he's got clout. He does hit shows, right? right. And he gets Joe Montaigne to be on it, and several other actors that are very well known. Oh my gosh, right? And and they get great actors on the spectrum. Oh my goodness. I I said when I reviewed it, I said, look, here's the thing about this thing. The first two episodes are hard to watch because it's emotional and you find yourself, I've watched it with people who are on the spectrum. I've watched it with people who are parents of people on the spectrum. I've watched it with people who don't know from autism. And for all of us, the first two episodes were a little bit hard to watch because it's emotional. It's the real deal. It's emotional. But I said, I'm going to watch the whole thing because we have friends on it, Nancy. We need to support our, our right. and I love, and I love so I watched the whole anything thing. Anything Joe Montaigne does, I want to support, right? And he is brilliant on this. Right. Um, He's always brilliant. He's always brilliant. Oh, but I'm telling you, it, it pays off. If you stick around past the first two episodes and allow yourself to have your feelings and get past that, um, it, that show rocks. I have said over and over again, if you, when you get to the last episode of the first season, it's fighting words to me. You tell me that that's not Emmy worthy television. It absolutely is. I know in my heart and being it absolutely is. And I know Amazon knows that too, but they canceled it. They canceled it. And I, and I, for one, I feel like if we don't as a community come together on this and say, Hey, Amazon, uh, you know, save as we see it, then what we do is we send the message to the entertainment world and the studios and all the businesses saying, oh, it really wasn't that important to us. We, they, Amazon did the thing that we've been asking everybody to do and it was brilliant and it worked and people, they were productive. Like the, the, they were able to do the work, which we always knew they would be able to do. And it was brilliant. So I'm asking every, I, on our Facebook I've written an open letter to Amazon and, and I've said, please rethink it. And I gave what I hope are salient reasons why they should rethink it. Good for you, Shannon. You are such an activist. I applaud. Well, here's the thing about activism, Nancy, and you're a much better activist than I am. You know, I think somebody says something and other people go, yeah, that's not right. But we need other people to handle I don't need my letter to Amazon to be the letter to Amazon. What I really want is everyone to write a letter to Amazon. I think if everybody, and you can, you can, you can go to at prime video um, on Facebook or on Twitter 
You can tweet them. And if you don't know what to say, you can simply use the hashtag HeyAmazon and the hashtag SaveAsWeSeeIt. And, and just do that. But, but I would love it if people who are able to would say, this is why this was important to me. And, and that might be because they portrayed a storyline. I mean, one of the lead characters was a, a young woman who is Asian on the spectrum. And I've heard so many people say to me, that is representation we have not had. Do you know right. how much the Asian community needs that? Right. Um, and... You know, and, and for, for me as a parent, I felt that there were parts of the story that represented there. There's a sibling story. There's a, a story about the workers and how the work. There's so many stories being told. Um, and so everybody tell your story and say why this is important. For me, Nancy, if, if Joanne Laura had been alive to see how many people were employed she would have danced in the rain naked. Absolutely, this is exactly, it's exactly what she preached. Yes. And, um, you know, we're so happy to uh, see this actually happening. And it would but be then it got canceled. Right. We, we right. can't allow it to be canceled. We cannot, so hey Amazon, as we see it, you wanna at Prime Video, whatever you're comfortable with, um, you know, but please, I'm asking everybody, please be seen on this. Even if it wasn't your favorite show, even if you didn't see the show, if you didn't see the show, I'm asking you to see the show. But, but please step forward and have your voice be heard because studios don't think that the autism community can come together when it's something that involves us. And I think, I think that this involves all of us because if nothing else, it's the jobs, the jobs, the jobs. That's what Joanne would have said. Yes. And Joanne would not forgive me if I didn't make a little noise here. But I cannot do it by myself. No one will listen to me. Right? This is, you know, in the past, these type of letter writing campaigns have worked. So Only if people get on board. Only if we have enough, right? Enough yep. people writing in. Yeah. Uh, but there have been shows that were yes. canceled that came back because of a from the public. Veronica Mars, right? Uh -huh. wasn't, wasn't that show and other shows? And sometimes another network picks it up. Right. Um, we need to save this show, y'all. And, and, and we need to do it for the greater good of everybody. That's my opinion. But if you're with me on it, please participate. But it's interesting that our guest today yes, has to a connection. Yes. Um, but that's not why we're having her on. She has so many other things. So what we've already gone into some of her time. So Nancy, please introduce our guest for us. Okay. Lillian Carrier is our guest today. She is a founder of Ourtism, O-U-R-T-I-S-M. At the age of 16, she was diagnosed with autism. She tried everything and could never find a program that worked for her. It felt like she had to fit in a box and that everything was designed from a neurotypical perspective. So together with her sister and mom, she decided to create something from the autistic view that could be individualized to each person. Lillian plays a key role in designing as well as implementing the autism programs. She's an autism coach, hosts educational workshops and speaks at events. She is also an actress. Um, she has been best known for her role is as Drea 
and everything's going to be okay. But she's also guest starred on NCIS New Orleans and As We See It, which we were just talking about. Welcome to the show, Lillian. Is she there? I thought it was there. Yes. She is. Hello. Hi. Hi, Lillian. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be back. We're we very love excited having you to have you here. Um, we want to talk to you about autism, first of all. What is autism? Um, autism is a nonprofit organization that my family has put together. Um, the thing that makes us different is everything, uh, all of our programs are designed and are implemented by someone who is autistic themselves. So it is, the autistic voice is the main voice here. Um, all of our programs are easily individualized to each person. Um, and the autistic person is our client. We, we, we guide our um, help toward that person and not necessarily what the parent wants because we do believe that um, you have your own needs and your own voice and it should be heard and it's not necessarily what the outside world wants from you. We focus a lot, um, well, we do help with, when there's difficulties, we focus a lot on strengths and how that can help guide you toward finding your path in life and achieve your goals. And yeah. you saw a need for this. What did you see did. was lacking in, in terms of this kind of thing? Um, well, I fell outside the typical, stereotypical, like, autism box that all the programs saw. Um, in almost every program I was in, I was the only girl, if not one of two to three girls amongst uh, boys, that most of the programs are designed for boys as it's only very recent that they, we even knew girls could be autistic. So I think a lot of these programs were designed specifically for boys, which does make sense. And then the diagnosis process is is not very fair to girls that we, we get diagnosed very late in life. So the younger you are, the less likely you are to be amongst peers that are girls. And then if you just your traits are outside that normal box it's like so many programs try to fit you in this this is the step by step how the program works and if you don't fit into that the program doesn't work for you and I always felt like so many of the programs try to make you appear neurotypical than actually helping the actual needs you have right so um, and especially when you reach adulthood, there is, there's very little out there for adults, that there is so much, so many different things to try for kids that I think that box works because there's way more programs to fit, fit into, right? Um, but in adults, there is very little support. Um, so that was where we really um, decided to plan our programming is for adults and to really individualize as best we can and make sure that that autistic voice is the one that is heard. Well, you so, yourself, I'm sorry, Shannon. No, you go ahead. Me. You go ahead. You yourself were diagnosed at, at a later age, at 16. What was that? At 16, like? yes. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that a little bit. So it's late for boys. It's actually a really early diagnosis for girls that um, it's more common 
to be diagnosed between 30s and 40s is where the average for a girl is really way too late that at that point you figured out your supports without supports and it's a right it's a struggle so um yeah it's very late for boys but um early for girls or people who um present differently um and yeah my diagnosis story is a very long one because of that um that uh i was always very different and never felt like i quite belonged in it i didn't understand how things came so easy to my peers and my family that they could just handle things that i couldn't they could be in these loud rooms that were so overwhelming and just function and i was like how is anyone doing this and didn't know that I was different, which made life so much harder because I thought everyone had the same difficulties as me, is how I perceived it, which made me feel broken. And it was really hard to feel that way. And then also, um, at a young age, um, I developed Crohn's disease, which is a chronic illness that had me in and out of the hospital and struggling school because I just couldn't function that way. So that sort of was the main focus and we didn't look into um, my social deficits or the other things that I, I struggled with because that was the main thing that we were really worried about. I was losing a lot of weight. We were very worried about my health um, and that impacts all the other things, right? Um, so once that was in control and handled was later on, and then uh, I was in therapy, psych uh, seeing psychiatrists my whole life, and autism was never brought up. I was misdiagnosed with depression and anxiety, and they kept telling me all these things that I was feeling that I didn't feel like I was feeling. I was like, I don't feel sad or depressed. They're like, you're definitely depressed the way you're acting. Mm -hmm. They're like, you're so anxious about everything. Like, And that was me having sensory overloads and having like freak outs with that sort of thing. But they were placing anxiety as the label um, under that stuff. And it just, it everything they were doing to help me for depression, anxiety just made things worse because it wasn't actually addressing the actual problems I had. Um, and then, yeah, around 16, um, I just started reading about the brain and learning about biology, and that became a special interest of mine because, like, all of these doctors were not helping me. And um, I learned about the word Asperger's at the time. That was a diagnosis you could get. Um, and I was starting to think that that could possibly be a thing. And then at the same time, I ended up seeing um, a new psychiatrist who was only getting her hours. And I met with her like four times. And then she talked to my parents. She's like, I think your daughter may be autistic. I think you should seek a diagnosis. And my parents took me and they're like, we're going to figure out if you have a real learning disability that is impacting your schooling because I was really struggling in school. I had reached a point of being totally non-speaking, non-verbal and couldn't really couldn't function because everything was just being coming so overwhelming. Um, and then I finally did, I received that diagnosis and like, it was like a big weight was lifted off my chest. They're like, oh, suddenly my whole life just made sense. And now we could like actually find the real supports to help me out and figure out 
what to do to move forward. And to me, getting that diagnosis was a huge blessing. Um, I know not everyone feels that way. And it's a, everyone has their own experience. But um, I think that having a word to describe who you are and to be able to understand why things are the way they are and how to find the support you need is, is a really important thing to have. And especially finding a community of people who are just like me and experience so much of the world the same way just made me feel like I wasn't broken and like I had a place in this world where I belonged, right? And it was like, I, the world is hard for me. This is not just in my head. This is not just me not being able to do things and struggle, like, it's real. So it was, it was a, it was a great day to get diagnosed. And then obviously there's still struggles and there's still things I have to deal with. Um, but it made things a lot easier that knowing that. That's amazing. But I, I wonder, and please tell me if I'm stepping into mm-hmm. a territory because, um, there are other people in your family and I don't want to be talking about other people without their permission, but, um, but yeah. at the time that you were diagnosed, you were the only person with that diagnosis? Um, so I have a twin sister, yes, and she also has the diagnosis of autism. So we actually went in at the same time to get the diagnosis. Um, so her journey was a little different, that she had uh, much more obvious struggles in school than I had very early on. And we couldn't figure out what that was. Um, And it took us a long time to find her the right supports for that. Um, So yeah, she struggled very much in elementary school where I was like getting straight A's and like it was a breeze for me. Um, And she just learned very differently. And we knew she was really smart because she would understand the stuff and then she'd fail the tests. But Mm -hmm. she could, if you had a conversation with her, she completely understood the subject. So it wasn't making sense. Um, So she went in um, younger for a learning disability and she came out with a diagnosis of ADD with OCD tendencies. And again, the same sort of thing with her is she was getting support for those diagnoses and it wasn't helping because that's not what she had. And we didn't know that. Um, And then we ended up finding the most amazing program that had someone who ran it who had learning disabilities himself he had like every single one of them it's crazy um and that was why he got into it and he helped he individualized programs and he was just trying different things with her and then i think eventually he figured it out like what actually support she need and then reverse figured out that it was autism and reached out to my parents um around the same time and when i think this is possibly it at the same time when i was discovering in my um research that i could be autistic i'm like this this also fits my twin sister um and so yeah she got this diagnosis at the same time um but the big struggle became like external family was very against us getting the diagnosis they thought my parents were wrong to do that that they they took it as my parents thought there was something wrong with us and they were trying to fix us and they were like there's nothing wrong with you kids why are you doing this and then when we got the diagnosis um like a year later my grandfather came to me and my sister crying and said 
I'm so sorry I did that and that I said those things. And he's like, I think I'm the reason that you are autistic. I believe I am myself. And I wow. gave this to you. And I'm sorry that I gave this to you because it's such a struggle. But I thank you for actually getting this diagnosis because it's made my life make so much more sense. And like we had this like beautiful moment of mm. like, he struggled so much in his life and like he he was very difficult in social situations but we always understood him and we didn't understand why other people didn't and like suddenly those sort of things made sense and I think it was a really beautiful moment he's no longer here which is very sad for me but like to have been given that moment for before he passed away is like was absolutely beautiful amazing I, that made me well up um but I, I guess I want to get back to autism because now you and your sister and your mom have are working together to make this unique place happen. But talk to us a little bit. Obviously, you can't tell mm -hmm. us anybody's individual story, but give us an example of if somebody came to autism and, and they were the client, what kinds of things can you help them with? Um, so we have multiple different programs that we do. Um, so our main one would be our autism coaching, which is getting very popular right now that we're actually um, planning on searching for some new coaches um, and doing some training on that. Um, and that's where um, you come in and whatever goals that you specifically want to reach, we help you achieve that. Um, so you meet one-on-one -on -one with a coach um, who will help you and it's you it, our sessions are one hour once a week is what we recommend but depending on what your goal is it could be different um, we've helped people move out and live on their own we've helped people find jobs we've helped people apply for services we've helped people do something just basic like plan a birthday party or clean their room right or organize a system on their computer like to store emails or photos um, there's so many different things that we help out with and it's, it's based on your specific goal and what you want to accomplish. And if your goal changes, that's fine. Right? Sometimes we have a goal one day and the next day we're like, I don't want to do that. So <laughs> that's completely fine to do. So that's our, our main one. Um, and it, if a goal is just understanding yourself and your needs and your wants and who you are, that's also something we can help with. Um, and then we also have a support group for adults um, where you we have that once a week and it's about 10 people and you we meet through Zoom and you can share anything that you feel you need support in or just share your week and hear from each other and we come as a like small little community and just support each other through what's happening right now and that's been a really beautiful thing and we found so much growth in just that and just hearing that you're not alone i think changes so much and really helps when you're able to say i'm struggling so much like this and no one gets it and everyone in the room goes same it feels so so nice right and then you can go back out going i'm not i'm not alone in this i'm sure um, that was really popular during the pandemic Yes, it was. I think we had, I think, two groups of like 30 going on once.
once a week. Well, two different groups, so that's twice a week. That was uh, incredible. Like it grew so big during the pandemic. Um, we had s cycles of different people joining. It was, it was great. We try to keep it smaller to around ten, um, because it can get overwhelming when there's so many people and you don't always get your voice heard. But um, if we need to expand, we always do. And Where can people, people everyone's comfortable with that. And then we also have uh, social groups, which is like right now we are running a game night through Zoom. Uh, once a week where people all come together and just play games and have fun and it's a it's a more nice like thing to just socialize and hang out in a place where you don't feel judged right and um if you're we welcome people who are non-speaking who use alternative communication devices um that you can just type into the chat you don't have to talk or if you use sign language, we do have some people who know sign language, like whatever it is that you need to do to be able to communicate. We have people who just come to game night and don't play the game, just sit there, hang out and feel like they're included, right? Because that's what they want to do. So yeah, Very whatever cool. you and then we're always building new programs. I know right now we're updating our workshop on uh, Autism 101. This is the handout. I'm currently working on with my sister um, and it's understanding the basics of what autism is without that negative feedback that you get in diagnosis where it's always like a death sentence of like you're never going to get a job you're never going to do this you're never going to and I'm like that's not don't give a child that like to explain what autism is but you don't need the negative or the science behind it just like explaining exactly what the traits are and there's a positive side to it and I hate that the diagnosis gives such a negative thing because you you wouldn't do that to a neurotypical, you're going to be a homeless child, you're, you're never going to get a job. Like, you just wouldn't do that. You don't know that um, at that time. You so just did something that was did. so Josh Thomas. You just, you, you made a gesture. You said, don't do that to a child. It was very Josh Thomas. I could see his <laughs> influence on you. But where can people go to you know to sign up for and and to find out more uh so we have a website which is artism.com o-u-r-t-i-s-m um we also have social media so you can find us on all of that um facebook twitter um, Instagram. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter as well, Lillian Carrier. Um, yeah, and you can find my sister Chloe Estelle on all those platforms. Great. I don't know if you heard us talking a little bit earlier about As We mm -hmm. See It. Um, I did, yes. Okay, and you have been on that show. Tell us what that was like. What was it like on the set of that show? What was that experience like? It was an amazing experience. I mean, I had already been on Everything's Gonna Be Okay, which is quite special in itself, um, having so many autistic actors involved and being so autism-centric. But that show was, like, even greater in that, that they had, like, autistic people behind the camera and on crew. Um, and it was, it was a very special thing, and everyone was so nice. Um, it was, it was super wonderful. And I definitely felt like it was one of the few places, um, is on these film sets that I, I really felt there was no discrimination. I really felt that there was no question of if I could do this task, this skill, this job, right. 
um, they believed I could and they if I needed anything accommodated all I had to do was ask and they got it done because there's definitely a moment on set where they had one of the lights was making a really high-pitched ringing noise and it was bothering me and I was losing um, my language processing skill so I reached out and just asked for someone to give me a visual cue to say my line so that I because I couldn't hear when the verbal cue was and they did that and I was still able to do my job correctly um, and it was really nice to not have to explain what was happening I just said my language processing is failing because of a ringing noise can someone give me a visual cue and someone like yeah totally understand that happens all the time <laughs> amazing and tell everybody because you crossed a threshold with your role in As We See It, that you did something that I've been saying forever. We need to get to the point where this can happen. And then when I was watching and I saw that you did it, I was like, oh, <laughs> Lillian. Lillian just did something earth shattering. Tell them what it was. So I was cast as a neurotypical on this show, um, which was amazing. She was a beautifully horrible, ableistic person. Um, the end result is like most of my scene, um, I wasn't visually shown. They used my voice, which I understood why when I saw it, is the impact of that vo um, voice, like not centered on a person, made it so much more scarier and so much meaner. And it broke your heart to hear this person say these awful things. And then in the end, they showed my face that it's a person and you're like, that hatred came toward my character. And I love that they did that. It's really, really sad as an actress that you don't see that it's me. <laughs> you just get that moment of it being me. But it was it was really great to be on set and to be able to play this sort of character that is, like, not autistic and, right, and, and not no nice. doubt that I could do it, right? Is It was so fun. And, like, it was, it's great to be evil. Like, it's just so cool. And can you imagine, I mean, Nancy, after we spent 20 minutes with her, like the casting of casting her as being the, the meanest, most ableistic person in the office, it's brilliant <laughs> casting because it's completely contrary to her. And it shows what an actress and what range yes. you have. It's really. a testament to your abilities as an actress. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was also like, so I was working, the actor I worked with was like six feet tall and I'm this time girl just looking up at him going i'm so ableist and i'm saying awful things to this giant man in front of me <laughs> and what episode is that because people need to go and watch it to see you do it's that the fourth episode the violetini is my main episode yeah i love it love it love it um so but tell us a little bit about because i'm pushing for everybody to make a stand to to support this show and to ask amazon to reconsider but from your perspective what does authentic casting mean to you as an actor um i think it's so important that um as autistic people and amongst disability like it's hard to understand the day-to-day -day life of someone like us and being able to just bring that um that we we do walk through life very differently we do present our emotions and our feelings and our experience in the world very different 
And so I think it's much easier and you see much more depth to it when you have an actress or actor who has that diagnosis and experiences life that way that there's just so much more nuance and stuff and like especially being able to see um, as an audience someone like us being able to do this stuff on screen and to go like we exist in this world and we are capable uh, I think definitely Hollywood is the first step in seeing those changes that stories change people's minds and hearts right and to be able to see um, someone who's autistic do a movie or do a TV show and play these amazing characters shows to the world that we are capable of holding jobs and we are capable of doing things. And that I believe that a lot of the time when that it's, it's close to 90% of the autistic community is not being hired. I think only, and that's amongst people trying to get jobs is 90% are unemployed. And that I think is mostly due to discrimination and not necessarily due to not having the skills. Cause I do believe that we have the skills and are capable of doing that. So being able to see someone on screen that can do a movie or a TV show or whatever it is, just can change that mind and that heart of that person who's hiring someone autistic to be able to, they can do whatever job that they're trying to do as well as just having a, someone for a young child or someone to be able to look up to and say, they did it so I can do my thing too, because it is possible and we are capable. Um, so there's so many layers to it. I think it's just so important to do authentic casting or at least have an autistic consultant who can say in this scenario, this is what would happen. Please do it correctly. Cause when yeah. it's shown wrong, it is so uncomfortable and so ableist and feels really gross because we, we are real people and we should be shown as real people. Uh, we're often shown as so robotic, so non-empathetic, non-sympathetic to other people. It's, it, it's shown in such an uncomfortable way and like all of our experiences and traits are shown in Hollywood in a way that shows us is like incapable of doing things and like, um, it feels really uncomfortable when they make like an over when you get overstimulated it just happens on the worst day of your life and i'm like that's not how we experience autism we can have an overstimulation um any moment you can just walk into a room and a bright light hits your face and all of a sudden you're on the ground covering your eyes right it yeah. doesn't just happen because you're having the worst day of your life you're amazing lillian and we're almost out of time uh, isn't she super fun? But uh, we didn't really talk about your dog. Is Luke your there? Dog. He is. He's taking a nap right now. So oh, we don't. Like, we don't oh, need to wake him up. Luke, but, can you put the camera on him, Lillian? Oh, look at that are. beautiful golden retriever. He is and the his, sweetest. His name is Luke, right, Lillian? His name is Luke. Yes, and he's also an actor. He was on Everything's Gonna Be Okay, and he played Duke. And he's been on all the sets that I've been on. He's wonderful. And how is he received on set? set. I, I was going to say, every he was at the poker tournament, Nancy. Oh, and he Alex, was. And Alex Plank was there with his dog, Max. And uh, Max is delightful, but Luke is just such a love. Everybody there, we were all having a hard time because we don't know what's appropriate. And we all just yeah. wanted to lay on the ground and lay there with Luke. 
because he's so sweet and he's, he's so, so soft. Um, but what was it like for you to get Luke? Was that a hard um, process? It, well, it's not necessarily a hard process. I mean, it's a lot of work depending on how you do it. So I used a program that trains the dog for you. Um, So he's in the program for about two years. Um, So I was matched with him when he was young and I filled out paperwork about like my lifestyle, my needs, what my disability is, what I, uh, all the things. So at the time I was not an actress. Um, Artism was just a concept. We were working on it. So my, I was in college and planning to become a teacher at the time. And I was working at a preschool. So I asked for a dog that was a, on the larger side so the kids couldn't hurt the dog. Because, mm-hmm. like, there's some kids that, you know, don't know their own strength. As well as a dog that would be gentle and not hurt the kids. Um, that could also meet my needs. Um, and would ju- didn't have too much energy. Could just lay in a classroom. Um, right? But still had enough energy to, like, hang out and do whatever needs to be done, right? So they matched me with Luke, thought he was perfect, which I believe he he would have been perfect for that job. Uh, But life had different plans for me, and that was not what I ended up doing. Um, So yeah, I was matched with him as a puppy and watched him grow through um, Instagram, and I met with a trainer multiple times. Um, And she trained this amazing dog for me, and yeah, when I finally met him, like, I cried, and it was like, the greatest thing in my life to have a service yes. dog. It just felt like they, it gave me so much more independence. I felt so much safer that I, you know, if I had those moments where I needed support, I didn't have to have a parent or an aide with me that I, I had a dog who could give me that independence to be able to do things on my own. And he has, he's made life so much easier in a lot of ways. And I think I'll, I'll be very sad when he's no longer able to do his job. Um, and he, he is getting close to that age because he is five now. Okay. So. He's still very young. He is very young, but he has gigantism. So that shortens the life. And yeah. he's starting to slow down. And you can see him in a lot of pain because of it. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, if he... If he's in too much pain and he's not capable, um, I don't want to press him to to do right. the job. Uh, that's not yeah. Um, what an amazing and, story. Well, but Lillian, he, tell us. Yeah. We're almost out of time, but uh, aside from your work with autism, do you have any uh, new ventures on the horizon? Um, no, most mostly just working on autism stuff. We have okay. a lot of projects that we're getting excited about and working on. Um, so yeah, we're designing a few new programs. Um, I gotta um, tell you, Lillian, last night we went to see the movie. I don't know if you guys have heard of this movie. It's called Marcel, the the shell with shoes on. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. So it's an A24 movie and there's a shell in the movie. That's an animated shell. It's like claymation. And um, that has shoes and it walks around and it, it basically, you would love it, Nancy. It's very zen and you see life through the through this little shell. But you are a perfect voice match for the shell. Huh. And every, everything is going to be Marcel the shell. You're going to get a lot of voiceover work. Huh. Um, 
because you're a perfect voice match. And it was uh, Jenny Slater who I think did the voice for the shell, but you're a perfect voice match for the little shell. So you need to go, you need to go see it. So when they have the casting call and they say, we want, we want a Marcel, the shell voice, you've already got it, (laughs) but you'll have to know what it is. But anyway, we are out of time. I'm so sorry, but I hope people will check out ourtism.com. And if you haven't already seen Lillian on Everything's Gonna Be Okay, or you didn't watch her on As We See It, you have some homework to do because she's absolutely fantastic. Two seasons of Everything's Gonna Be Okay, and her storyline is amazing. You'll see her and Luke in action. You were truly lovely on that show, Lillian. And then I thoroughly enjoyed watching you on As We See It, too. Um, so people should check that out. Uh, any last call here, Nancy, anything you want to add to that? I don't think so. Just wishing you the best of luck, Lillian, with artism and, uh, wonderful work you're doing with that. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I always have a great time. It was delightful. We can't wait to have you back in the studio for, to have Luke back in the studio too. That'll be sometime (laughs) soon. We're almost ready for studio. Um, But we need to go. We want to thank everybody and thank Lillian and Luke for hanging out. So didn't even hear him meow the whole time. (laughs) Uh, Right. And uh, we're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to play the third episode of stories from the spectrum again. And then we're back on Monday live show on monday so we hope that you guys will tune in then uh until then give your kiddos a hug from me and yourselves a hug from me thanks for joining us today bye bye for now bye